Well, good afternoon. So, uh, today's lesson is perhaps the lesson I've been most anticipating in this series. Now, I'm also looking forward to the final lesson in a couple of weeks, but uh, this lesson has been really on my mind since I first planned this series. Now, I grew up in a very uh, prayerful family. I've seen my parents pray many times, and I've seen and heard answers to prayer. And, you know, I'm just, I'm really thankful for the example that they gave me and what they showed me and taught me about prayer. But, you know, it's not just my experience. Um, The Bible talks about prayer repeatedly. I mean, there are hundreds of prayers in the Bible, prayed by kings and by slaves, prayed by prophets and by pagans, prayed by Jesus and prayed by his disciples. You know, we see prayer all throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We know the early church in Acts prayed very frequently. Both Jesus and his apostles taught often about prayer. So for the Christian, prayer is an essential part of our lives. Prayer is one of the most unique and personal and beautiful ways to know God that is available to the Christian. Now, when it comes to prayer, there's probably a lot of questions that we all have. And I mean, there's so many things that I wish that I had time to talk about today. Um, There's just so many aspects of prayer that are important to think about. But this series is about knowing God. And so that's really what I want to focus on today. Because prayer is not just a spiritual discipline. It is that, but it's not just that. Nor is it merely a way to get what we want. I believe really that more than anything else, prayer is one of the primary ways, if not the primary way, that we come to know God personally. In prayer, we talk to God. We share our lives with Him. And through prayer, our eyes can be open to His activity in our lives. So in short, through prayer, we encounter God in a personal way. So I know that today I won't be able to answer all of your questions about prayer. Um, You know, maybe afterwards if there's a question, we can talk about that. But for now... I want us to think about how prayer allows us to fellowship with God personally. That is how prayer allows us to know him and to love him more deeply. And I want to do that today by considering three things that we see about God in prayer. Those three things are the listening God, the answering God, and the encountering God. Okay, The listening God, the answering God, and the encountering God. So first, the listening God. Now, typically when we think about prayer, we think in terms of us talking to God, right? So when I think about praying, I think I am talking to God. But it's important to remember that if if I'm talking to someone, that only matters if they're listening, right? You can ask Sarah about that. Uh, Many times she'll talk to me, but my mind is just somewhere totally else, right? I'm, I'm just thinking about something else. And so she's talking to me, but I'm not listening. And, you know, I don't recommend that, by the way, but it's it's the truth. And I think we've all experienced this, though, probably. Um, You know, we're talking to someone, but we can tell they're not listening to us. Sometimes they're distracted, or sometimes they just don't care about the conversation or even about us. So if prayer really matters, if prayer is going to be important, it can't be only us talking, but also God listening, right? Both of those are necessities. It needs to be both us talking and God listening, And the Bible is full 
of passages that assure us that God is listening, full of passages that tell us that God is listening to our prayers. Um, you could look at, for example, Psalm 34 and verse 15, which, by the way, is also quoted in 1 Peter 3 and verse 12. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. Isaiah 65 and verse 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. 1 John 5 and verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You see, when God's people pray to him, he listens. Now, it doesn't mean that God never listens to the prayers of non-Christians. Um, there are cases in the Bible where people who were not Christians, God listened to their prayers. And there's, you know, a different conversation about that. But it does mean... This does mean that Christians have a unique relationship with God, that he listens to our prayers in a unique and special way. Now, one of the main reasons, if you think about this, we call ourselves Christians, right? Why do we call ourselves Christians? Well, obviously, in part, we call ourselves Christians because we follow Jesus. But that's not the only reason. It's not just because we follow Jesus as like a teacher, but because we have put our faith in Christ and are baptized into Christ. And so through that, we actually become in Christ himself. We come to be in Christ himself. Listen to how Paul says this in Colossians 3 and verses 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So think about what Paul says here. He says we are raised with Christ. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. And we will appear with him in glory. In other words, when we become Christians, right? When we become Christians, we don't just say, well, I, I believe in God now. I believe in Jesus now and I'm going to try to you know, follow the Bible. I mean, that's part of it, but that's really not the core truth of being a Christian. When we become a Christian, we become connected to Christ so deeply Our identity is so deeply connected to his that what is said of Christ is said of us. What is true of him is true of us. What belongs to him belongs to us. As Paul says elsewhere, we are heirs with Christ. We're heirs with Christ. What Christ earns, we earn. Right? That's the point. And that means that when we pray, we can pray with confidence that God is listening. And he is listening not because of what we've done, not because, you know, my prayer is so beautiful, so impressive. You know, I say these, all these beautiful phrases in just the right way. It's not because certainly I'm impressive, but simply because we are God's children through faith in Christ, right? That's, that's what John tells us in John chapter one, right? That anyone who comes to Jesus becomes, has the right to be called a child of God. And that's what we become in Christ. We become his child, That's why Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, we can call God Father. We aren't just talking to God as some cosmic being who's way out there, casting our prayers, you know, kind of out into the void, hoping he's going to hear and and receive them. No, when we talk to him, we can talk with absolute confidence that he listens, and that he listens to us like a loving father listens to his children who he loves. Now, Probably you may think, well, you know, I don't know if my father always listened to me that much. Maybe you don't have that experience. But see, the thing is, God is the perfect father. He is the perfect father. So you can understand the concept of a loving father listening to his children who he loves. And God is perfect. 
So he's better than any father we can imagine or would have ever experienced. So you see, in Christ, we don't have to pretend to be someone that we aren't. I don't expect my children to come to me with a mask on pretending, you know, that they're you know, some sort of way. I, I love my children as they are. And I'm not God. I don't love them perfectly, but I do love them as they are. So how much more can we come before God without having to pretend, right? We can drop all the pretense and we can simply be ourselves and talk to God openly and truly enjoy his love and acceptance as we are knowing that he listens to us. We don't have to go to him pretending to be something that we aren't, trying to impress him as if we could do that anyway. I mean, that's one of the things that really is the foundation of this. If you recognize, and this, by the way, is why we started this series on who God is. If you recognize who God is, then you will recognize, I cannot possibly impress God. What could I do before God that would be impressive to him? What could I do before God that God's going to look at and say, wow, now that guy, he's something amazing. That really surprised me, you know, and he's God. So I can't impress him anyway. And the more we understand that and the more we understand his love for us anyway, the more it allows us to come before him without all the pretense, without all the worry and just say, I'm going to be myself. And I know that I can be that in Christ. And you see, this, man, this is one of the key differences between Christian prayer and any other prayer in the world. I mean, people all over the world pray. I mean, there's prayer in almost every religion that I know of. I don't know of any religion that doesn't pray unless you consider atheism a religion. And maybe there are some atheistic you know, churches, if you want to call them that. But in any event, maybe they don't pray. But, you know, every religion pretty much prays. But you see, in any other prayer in the world, you have to prove yourself. You have to really try hard in prayer, really earn God's attention. You got to say the right words. You got to have the right, you know, character, the right mindset, all of those things. And that's how you go about it. Um, you may know the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 18. Now, we don't have time to read this today, but if you don't know the story, I encourage you to read 1 Kings 18. It's an amazing story. But in that story, Elijah and these prophets, they have a kind of challenge. So basically, they've got this sacrifice ready, and they're going to take turns praying for their God to devour the sacrifice by fire and see which one answers. So the prophets of Baal goes first. Now, Baal is this kind of false idol that um, various nations worship. There's, there's really it's a longer explanation than that. But essentially, it's just this other kind of fake god, that they, that this idol that they worshiped, okay? And so the prophets of Baal go first. And they cry out to Baal all morning long, okay? All morning long. They do these ritual dances, dancing around the, the, uh, the sacrifice and the altar there. They're dancing around. Eventually, they even start cutting themselves to try to get his attention, you know? And, and so they're trying to get his attention and hurting themselves even to do it. And finally, Elijah says, okay, guys, that's enough. You've had enough time. It's my turn. And then he says... This simple prayer that is two sentences long, two sentences, asking God to hear so that God would be glorified, and then fire comes down and burns up not just the sacrifice, but even the altar itself. And you see, so many people think just the way the prophets of Baal did. Right? You have to get God's attention. You have to do all this fancy stuff to try to make sure he listens to you. Praying in a specific, you know, a specific way and so forth. If you do all these things, it'll listen. But see, that's not the case in Christ. For the Christian, we pray as children talking to their loving father. So when we speak to God, we can be confident that he hears us, not because our prayers are impressive or we are impressive, but simply because in Christ, he loves us and accepts us. Now, of course, it is true that sin can hinder our prayers, even as Christians. I mean, the Bible is clear about this. Peter warns husbands 
that the way they treat their wives can hinder their prayers. Uh, Paul warns the Corinthians that their attitude during the Lord's Supper was driving a wedge between them and God. James says that our greed can hinder our prayers, right? So if I go in prayer and I'm just asking God, God, I want to be a multimillionaire so everyone will like me. <laughs> um, that's not really the kind of prayer that we can expect God's going to be like, yeah, that's what I'm going to grant. In fact, it's probably a grace that he doesn't grant that. Okay, so there are attitudes and sins that can be a problem between us and God. We can't walk in unrepented sin and expect God's just going to ignore that. And the reason is because that shows that we don't really care about a relationship with God. We just want what he can give us, right? If I'm not willing to actually try to follow God, but I just want what he gives us or give, might give me, I don't really care about a relationship with him. God is not seeking to be a cosmic vending machine for us. He wants a relationship. But... All of that said, but if we are walking in the light of Jesus, and that does not mean being perfect. That does not mean never having any failures morally. But it does mean being humble and honestly confessing our sins as we seek to grow to be more like Jesus. If we're doing that, then we are walking in the light of Christ. We can be certain that we are in Christ and that God treats us as his children. And that means that we can talk to him openly and honestly as our father. I don't have to go to him with a mask. You know, I don't have to try to use all the right words to try to manipulate God into giving us what we want. You know, this is something I knew, I've recognized in myself that I I did for a very long time, and I still struggle with it. You know, I I think our natural reaction when we communicate with people is we try to say things the right way to get them to do or say what we want, right? I mean, we learn this from when we're children, right? The way we go to our parents, you know, and we kind of like butter them up you know, dear, dearest mommy, I love you so much. Can I please have this thing? You know, and we think that we can kind of manipulate them with our words. And we do that with God sometimes. But see, that's the thing with God. We don't have to. You don't have to try to manipulate him into giving you what you're asking for. As the writer John Stark says, in prayer, we can simply be ourselves and be loved. Listen to that again. In prayer, we can simply be ourselves and be loved. Now that should absolutely amaze us. That the God of the universe, the almighty God of all creation, the God who is far beyond anything that we can imagine, anything that we can understand, the God who simply exists by his nature and needs absolutely nothing from us, that he would listen to us and really care about what we have to say. I mean, isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? God cares about your prayers. He wants you to talk to him and he is listening. But God not only listens, the Bible also tells us that God answers our prayers. There's many examples of this, but Jesus says it very clearly, I think, in John 15 and verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That is, that is an amazing promise. In fact, it's so amazing that honestly, many Christians, it makes them uncomfortable. They're like, no, nah, that, that can't be for us today. No, no way. But listen to what he's saying. He's saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. Well, if I abide in Jesus and his words abide in me, that's going to change what I'm wishing. And thus, when I ask him, I'm going to be asking according to his will. Right? So this isn't just a blank check to say like, okay, God, I want a million dollars right? That's not what he's talking about here. But nevertheless, he is giving us a very generous promise that if we ask according to his will, if we're abiding in him and his words abide in us, we can ask and it will be done. 
And like I said, I know many Christians who say, no, that doesn't apply. That can't be us because it seems too good. It's like, that's amazing. And I honestly think people just lack faith. Like God wouldn't do that. But this is the promise of Jesus and it is for us today still. And it's not just here either, by the way. That's part of the reason we can know this is for us today because James says the same type of thing in in James chapter four and verse two. You do not have, because what? Because God's not willing to give to you? Because God doesn't do that anymore? No. He says you do not have because you do not ask. That you're just not asking. If you would ask, he would give it to you. Now he follows that up, of course, by you don't get because you're asking out of selfishness. And that also applies here. But my point is, this is not just Jesus. This is throughout the New Testament, this idea that God listens and answers. When we make requests, he answers our prayers. And I've seen this many times in my own life. There's a lot of stories I could tell you. um, But this one kind of stands out to me. Whenever our family was planning to come here again this time. So this was 2022, or excuse me, 2020. Uh, this was in 2020. So this was in the middle of the pandemic, right? I mean, it had just started. Everything was still up in the air. And we had to raise a lot of money to come, right? Because obviously it's very expensive, A, to live here, but B, it's also expensive to move here. <laughs> That's a lot of money to move everything from America to Japan. And so Sarah and I, we took a day where we were praying and fasting and asking God that if he wanted to send us, <clears throat> that if it was his will, <clears throat> excuse me, that he would provide what we needed in order to come. And literally, Sarah and I had just sat down together to pray. And as we had just begun praying, we got a text in the middle of praying from someone saying that they wanted to give us a large amount of help. And not only that, but they said that they were going to wait, but they felt like at that moment they needed to do it. And so they did, right? It was literally in the middle of praying that God gave us an answer. But, you know, it's not always these big kind of spiritual things. Sometimes it's just something very simple, even silly things, where God shows us that he loves us. Once our family was driving to Florida from New Hampshire, and we decided to stop by Niagara Falls on the way down. And as we were getting close, and I mean very close, I mean, it was storming, just raining. It was dumping rain. You know, there was lots of storms around. And I thought, there's no way we're going to be able to see anything. We're not going to be able to get out because we'd get soaked. Not to mention it might be dangerous with lightning and stuff. So I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to see anything. And I was really disappointed because obviously this was the middle of the pandemic. There was a lot of stress, um, you know, just with everything going on, still trying to plan about moving to Japan. And I was like, you know, I really want this opportunity with my family. And so while I was driving, I, said, I prayed to God, you know, if, if you're willing, make it nicer weather so we can enjoy this as a family. That's what I care about. So we arrived there, and within about 10 minutes, not only did it stop raining, the sun came out, it became beautiful, but it was even better than that. Because of all the rain and the forecast, there was almost no one else around. The place was empty. Almost nobody was waiting around because they didn't think it was going to stop, and so we enjoyed the place almost by ourselves with actually beautiful weather. It was really lovely there. And we've seen this here at the Matsudo Church, too. We've seen answers to prayer here. We've prayed and fasted together for God to help us to be fruitful, to reach out and to make disciples. And you were, like many of you may remember, I don't know how many of you were here at the time, but if you don't, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> Just, uh, we, we had prayed and fasted as a church. And we were praying for God to, you know, lead us to individuals that, that we could bring to Jesus and, and basically just help us to be fruitful. And only a week or two after that, Brother Matthew called the church um, and in the middle of worship, Sister now picks up the phone. We normally would just ignore it because it's the middle of worship, but she picks up the phone and it's Brother Matthew. He shows up like an hour or two later and it happened to be on a day that, you know, we were actually going to be there longer. And so we were able to meet him. And in a month or two, he was baptized. 
And we've seen what a blessing he and Lucia have been to the church. And we've seen it with others as well. I mean, we've seen God answer to prayer with Craig. We've seen it with the Lou family coming here, right? And we're so thankful. I mean, he's not obviously here at the English service, but Igawa-san, who has come uh, many times. And although he's not a Christian yet, I'm certain that God is doing things in his life. And today we just had another guy show up to church, um, you know, a, a, a younger guy. And, uh, you know, he's, he's been here before, and I'm hoping that we can build some good connections with him as well. And so you see, and I mean, Sarah and I have seen it in so many other situations too, so many cases where God has put us in the right place at the right time to have the right conversation with somebody. And, you know, sometimes these things take time. Sometimes it's just planting seeds and we are patient on God to do his work. But the thing is, we've seen this. We've seen God answer our prayers. And I know that you guys have seen this in your own lives too. Now, does God give us every single thing that we ask for? Obviously not. I mean, he is God after all. (laughs) And so we trust his wisdom and we trust his goodness even when he says no. And there will be times where he says no. There will be times where he's, you know, that's not what's best. And I, you know, we have to trust him in those moments. But so many times he says yes. So many times he answers our prayers. Sometimes, like we saw in Isaiah, he answers before we even ask. <laughs> we haven't even asked yet. And he says, I'm going to give it to you because I know it's what you're, you're looking for. I know it's what you want. Sometimes he gives even when we don't ask. He just says, you know, I'm going to give to you because I love you. That's what I do with my children. I don't always expect my children to ask me. Sometimes I just like to give because I love them. And God, he's a much better father than I am. And he loves us and he does the same. Because see, as we see God answering our prayers, just caring for us, not just for our needs, but even for our wants, for the things that we personally care about, we come to experience personally his love for us. And we come to know that we can trust him. And you see, this is why prayer is so important. Because in prayer, we don't just talk to God and he doesn't just listen and even answer. But in prayer, we actually encounter God himself. You see, prayer is, is not just about sharing information. I think sometimes people kind of get that idea. It's like, you know, we sort of just sit, tell something to God and then we get his response. But, you know, I can share information with someone without really sharing myself. So, for example, if I'm on the, on the train or in the subway, right, and I might ask somebody, hey, what time is it? Although there's clocks everywhere, so it'd be kind of silly. But anyways, but maybe I might ask, does, does this train go to such and such station, right? Um, and, and we share information, but we don't share ourselves. They don't want me to share myself with them. <laughs> Probably going to get uncomfortable if I start sharing myself. Hey, guess what I did today, you know? I don't know you. Um, and that's what we want most of the time in a lot of our, our conversations. But we can treat prayer that way, where we share our wants, and God either shares his response of yes or no. But the goal of prayer isn't just to share ideas, or just to share information, but to share ourselves. We share ourselves with God, our very hearts, and likewise, he shares himself with us. Prayer takes us from merely a conversation and moves us towards a personal encounter with God himself where we come to see his goodness and his beauty and his love. And that personal encounter, it's a two-way street. It works both ways. In prayer, we can and we should share ourselves fully with God. As we saw before in Colossians, in Christ, we don't have to hide ourselves from God because we are hidden with Christ in God. We are buried in God's love and grace. And this is, this is absolutely amazing. And when we sin, we're, tempt, we're tempted to do like Adam and Eve did. What did Adam and Eve do in the garden when they sinned? They hid themselves, right? The first thing they do, Adam and Eve, they hide from God. And that's what our tendency is to do. Well, I sinned, so I can't go to God. I can't talk to God about my sin. 
And that's exactly the wrong response, especially as a Christian. Because as a Christian, what we know is that we don't have to hide from God because in Christ we are hidden in God. Our lives are hidden in God with Christ. So I don't have to hide from him. I can run to him. Even when I sin, that's the, I mean, especially when I sin, I can run to the Lord. In Christ, we can come before our heavenly father and share everything. Our temptations, right? In the middle of temptation, I don't have to pretend, no, I'm not tempted. I can go to God and say, God, I want to do this sin right now and I know it's wrong. Please help me, right? I can share my temptations. I can share my sins. I can share my questions, my doubts. I can share my triumphs. I can share my joys. I can share my worries. I can share my fears. I can share everything with God. And the amazing thing is, no matter what I share, I know it will not change God's love for me in the slightest, not even a little. You see, sometimes we're afraid to talk to someone about certain aspects of ourselves. We're afraid to show them who we really are. Because what happens if I show my, somebody who I really am? What, what's going to happen? Well, I'm afraid they're going to reject me. They're going to make fun of me. They're not going to want to have a relationship with, any, with me anymore. So I don't share myself. I hide it away. And so we end up a lot of times doing the same thing with God. But in Christ, we can go before God as we truly are, trusting he loves us completely. But as we pray, we in turn encounter God himself. Remember what the psalmist says in Psalm 73. I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me. For, it is, for me, it is good to be near God. It's this kind of, this picture really of a child, isn't it? You hold my right hand. I think about you know, when, when I was little and you know, holding my parents' hand or when you know, the kids were really little and I'm holding their hand and you know, guiding them along. That, that's the picture here. And it's a joy. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. These are the joys that we get to experience through prayer. In prayer, we draw near to God and he draws near to us, just as James says. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's not a one-way street. We come into the presence of God as we are, hiding nothing, and get to experience his full love without fear or shame. That is what prayer allows us to do. And the spirit of God which dwells in us as it dwells in us as Christians, right? And Christians, God gives this spirit to us. That spirit testifies to us that we are God's children. The spirit reminds us that we belong to him and that he loves us. And the same spirit, amazingly, even helps us pray. I mean, this is, a, this is absolutely incredible. I love that verse that we read earlier in Romans 8. The spirit helps in our weakness because we don't know how to pray. Have you ever had a time where you're just like, I need to pray, but I don't know what to pray. I don't know what I should say. I don't feel like I have the right words. And so sometimes what we do is we say, well, I just won't pray because I don't know what to say. But that's why God gives us the, his spirit. The spirit dwells inside us and he helps us. The spirit intercedes and just groans out our hearts, just groans it out to God, says this is what is in their heart. This is what's on their mind. And we don't have to worry about saying it just exactly the right way. I mean, where else do you get to experience that kind of prayer but in Jesus Christ. Every other religion says you learn how to pray in exactly the right way. You learn the right words. You learn the right state of mind. You learn the right posture. You learn the right location. All of those things. And then, if you're serious enough, maybe God will hear you. But Jesus says, no, I'll put my spirit in you and the spirit himself will intercede for you. You're not sure what to pray. You're not sure what to say. Don't worry, I'll do it with you and I'll do it for you. And this is the beauty and joy of Christian prayer. It's not just asking God for stuff. It's encountering God himself 
through this time of personal communion. It's the God who says not only that we can make ourselves known to him fully and freely in Christ, but that as we make ourselves known to him in Christ, he will make himself known to us. There's a lot more that I would love to say today. There's so many, as I was going through this sermon and preparing, I was like, there's so many rabbit trails that it's so easy to go down. So many things to talk about in relation to prayer. Um, You know, maybe when we get back from America, I'll do a series on prayer because it is so important. But for today, mostly I want you to know this. Prayer, if we understand it rightly, it's not a chore. And I would say it's not even primarily a discipline. It's a relationship. It's a joy. Because in prayer, we share ourselves with God, and he in turn shares himself with us. We can pray openly and unashamed, sharing all of our emotions and struggles, knowing that he's not going to abandon us, but will actually comfort us and love us and help us. I mean, we can ask God for big things, unbelievable things, things that we think that's impossible, and expect God to answer. And we can ask for small things, And know that he doesn't look at us and say, well, that's a stupid prayer, (laughs) right? He wants us to share with him. And think about that for a moment. God promises that he is listening and that he answers and draws near to us in prayer. And yet, how often does prayer take the back seat? Right? Prayer often kind of gets the leftovers of our schedule. When I'm in bed about to fall asleep, you know, I'm, I'm exhausted or maybe a random time as I remember it, then I'll pray. But if all of this is true about prayer, shouldn't prayer be a priority? I mean, think about how much deeper our relationship with God would be if it was. And think of all the blessings we miss out on because prayer isn't a priority. Remember again what James says, you don't have because you don't ask. I mean, imagine the worries that God might relieve. Imagine the relationships God might heal. Imagine the comfort he might give you and so much more if we would persevere in prayer. And by the way, that part is really important, perseverance. Um, You know, we we need to persevere in prayer. We see that with Daniel. We see that with many people. Uh, Jesus taught it specifically as well, to continue in prayer. Perseverance matters. I I don't remember who said it. Um, I I feel like it was one of the long-ago Christian writers, but I, I don't recall. But anyway, someone said something to the effect of, Daniel prayed for three weeks, but we get tired after three minutes, right? Daniel, the prophet, he prayed for three weeks. He kept praying for three weeks for the same thing. And after three minutes, we're like, I'm done. I'm done with that. I can't do that anymore. I mean, think about how embarrassed we should really be when we look at the people in the Bible and the dedication that they had in prayer. Saying that if we pray, God will answer doesn't mean that when we pray for 30 seconds, he's going to give us everything immediately. Sometimes we have to keep praying. And sometimes that's three weeks. Sometimes that's three years right? And we keep praying and we keep praying and we keep praying, trusting that God will hear and answer. But you see, if all of this is true in prayer, if it's true that we can talk to him about what's on our mind, we shouldn't grow weary. We should love spending time in prayer with our father who hears and cares. But the most important thing is this, in the end, all of this beautiful reality of prayer is only possible because of Jesus. This is only possible through Jesus Christ. When we put our faith in Christ and when we are baptized, we come to truly be in Christ. He gives us his spirit and that opens the door to this beautiful life of prayer. Prayer is a gift. It's a joy. As the psalmist says, 
it is, for me, it is good to be near God. So let us make the Lord God our refuge. And we too will find so many wonderful works that we also will be able to speak about to others. Let's close today, especially with a prayer. Our Father God, we thank you so much for the gift of prayer. Thank you that we can talk to you. Father, we know we don't have the right to do that. People throughout history have prayed, and yet it's not our right. We just kind of assume because you're God, we can just cast our prayers out there and that you would listen. But we know, Father, that we don't have that right. We don't have the right to demand your attention. We don't want people to demand our attention, and yet we think that we can demand your attention. And and we know that's not true. It is a gift that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ, and by your spirit. And Father, we are grateful. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for allowing us to talk to you like children. And thank you for being our loving Father. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand the realities of prayer. Help us just to see it in our heart. Help our faith to increase, Father. A big part of the problem is, frankly, our faith is weak. We lack faith. We don't trust you. You know, we have a lot of questions sometimes and we have doubts and we have all sorts of things that that pester us in our hearts and then we end up not praying or we pray in just a, a shallow way. And we don't really try to commune with you in prayer. But we know, Father, that only out of your love, only because you are just perfectly good, that you want that communion with us. You want us to know you and to be known by you. And so I pray, Father, that you would help us Help our faith to grow. Please increase our faith. Father, as uh, the man said in the Gospels, um, we believe. Help our unbelief. We do believe, Father, but we do have unbelief, and we need your help in that. Help us to grow in faith and trust in you. And Father, I pray that then as we pray, that you would do big things and even small things in our lives, Father, and not not just because we want to see these big things or because we want the gift, but because we want you to be glorified, Father. We want to have those stories that we can tell other people of what you have done so that people can know that you are God. Just like Elijah prayed uh, before the prophets of Baal, we want to be able to, to tell other people that you are God so that they may know that there is a God and that he is the Lord. Please hear our prayers, Father. And thank you for listening to us. We know that you do through Jesus. Lord, may we grow in prayer this coming week and and through the rest of this year. And please be merciful to us and patient with us as we strive to grow, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.